And this, I think, is one of my techniques. Usually what I do, I kind of surround the makeup chair with cushion. Uh -huh. So it's going to be super comfy. <laughs> and I know they're going to fall asleep. Ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well, Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poonam and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? Today's guest is makeup and prosthetic designer Yana Carboni. Yana comes from a family that has been involved in theatre and film for a number of generations and had always had the intentions of pursuing a creative career. After attending art college, Jenna went on to study architecture at university but after a few years found it wasn't for her and did some work experience on the film The Legend of 1900 where she met makeup designer Luigi Rocchetti, who she went on to work for for 10 years. After working all over the world, Yana moved to England, where she worked for makeup designer Tina Earnshaw for a number of years. Yana currently works as a makeup and prosthetic designer and personal artist. Yana has worked on productions such as Exodus Gods and Kings, Six Underground Prometheus and The Martian, to name a few. Hi, Yana. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good, thank you. And yourself? I'm good, thank you. All good. Good. Uh, lovely to have you on the podcast. Um, thank you as well, you know, for having me. Actually. No, I'm looking excited. So you are a makeup and pr prosthetic designer and you also, the other part of your job, um, you, which you have done as well, is you're a personal makeup artist to um, actors as well. Just in terms of the being a makeup and prosthetic designer, though, what does that involve for you? Well, I guess because I always like to have the overlook about, you know, everything. And because actually my background started off with prosthetic uh, that means when I design like a movie, I have even the decide how the prosthetic they're going to look like and it's going to be the design of the prosthetic. So if there's like a, um, an aging look or like, you know, scar or like a creature, I'm going to kind of design that. Mm. Of course, then not necessarily I'm going to do, you know, the mold and the cast because I have like a team doing this for me. Yeah. But I'm going to design the side, the, the look of, or the mood of the prosthetic as well. So I quite like to be like full in charge of the complete look of the artist is the thing. Because, you know, sometimes you can, um, if you do just the makeup, not necessarily you're happy with the aging or the, the aging look. So that can be a little bit frustrating, I found. And for me, it's about, as I say, being in charge of the full look of the artist. So that's quite important for me. Yeah. And then um, in terms of how you start what you do. So when you get given a job, how does it, how do you begin? Well, usually what I do, the first thing, of course, is to read the script and see, you know, what is the story about. I have to say, I quite like to read the script lots of times because more I read the script and more I get into the story, into the mood of the story. So you start to think about, you know, different characters, different looks. And, and of course, apart from the artistic side, because you always think, you know, it's kind of just just the artistic side, you have to start to think about like a budget. Mm. And uh, again, if you have prosthetic, you know, uh, the budget is prosthetic as well. So you have to figure out, you know, how much more or less it's going to cost in terms of, you know, uh, team. And uh, so it's like a kind of the financial kind of side of the, mm. the job. And, and usually I kind of break down, you know, each character. I try to make like mood boards that really help me. It's something that actually is one of my first part of the job, you know, when I start to work on the on the look of the character. So I usually it's a kind of mix because, you know, uh, even if it's like a modern movie, or like a previous piece, 
I still like to have like different input, which sometimes they're not just the um, reference of the period I'm gonna work on, but could be even like a paint, could be a sculpture, could be anything. It give me the creative mood for the movie. So I'll basically, I start to stuff myself with the magazine, <laughs> with, you know, like painting books, going to exhibition. And again, they don't have to be necessarily related to the script somehow just to put me like mentor in the right place uh, to do it this is a big part of the process for me oh. so obviously you're then in charge of a team of people that you have and yeah. although you're you're designing the overall aesthetic of the, how you want it to look obviously you have you then delegate that to people in your course, team yeah. how is that and how do you convey uh, what you want to your team members uh this is a very interesting question because <laughs> because i'm very specific about what i like and what i don't like so it is it's so important for me to have the right people around me in the team mm. and and i have to say it's quite crucial when we do makeup tests we do like tests because of course usually what i do is spend to my team what i would like the character to look like and again I cover usually their table with you know all the reference to give them you know the right mood and to make the understanding be better because sometimes you know you can explain something uh, in words but I think if you see like a photo it's kind of help you more or like like a paint or something really make you understand okay Yana loves this color Yana loves this kind of texture Yana loves this I think it's, it's easier for the person that's going to work with me and I quite like to do lots of uh, pre, 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 pre uh, makeup tests, which means, you know, usually I quite like the people working for me to try and do things before the, the real makeup test. Mm. So they can practice and they can go on the day and have the right idea and the right uh, look for me on the day of the makeup test. And I have to say, it's quite funny because I say, I'm, I'm going to be painful during the makeup test because I really want the you know the idea going in my head you know it's not easy for someone else to do it actually it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot to ask uh, but then when I'm happy I'm very good to just give them the freedom to do whatever they want so I, I don't mind the way technically they do it for me it's very important the final results uh, I don't mind you know what kind of makeup they're going to use in the way they're going to I don't care about that because every person have a different way to work and I think you have to respect that just I just have to be happy with the final results you know and I have to say most of the time I am you know I'm, I'm very lucky you know I always have fantastic incredible people working with me so mm. yes yeah, so as I say I'm quite good to then delegate you know I'm not that kind of person set check what they're doing. I know they're good. I know they know what they're doing. So I said, as soon as I'm happy with the look in the morning, I know they're going to look after the look during the day because they care and because they want to look good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I guess also you can't, you have to delegate, don't you? Because you have so many other things that are going on as well. And the thing, like, I think when you choose people working in your team, you're choosing them because you think they're really good. So there is no point to be like a control freak and uh, make their life miserable. And, you know, I think more freedom you, you give to people, especially to artists, the more they feel comfortable to do their job. So mm. it's going to even look better, you know? Yeah. It's trust, isn't it, I guess? It's very important. But it's something I think you learn with experience, you know? It's not easy, I have to say. It's not easy, especially if you're a very uh, quite perfectionist kind of uh, character like myself. But as I say, if you're lucky, like usually I am, to have amazing people working for you, 
you're fine. Oh, can I say something else? Sorry, about the team, which is quite important again. You know, in the team, usually you have different uh, kind of uh, position. So, you know, it's like, yeah, usually the way I work, I go like my uh, makeup supervisor, my key makeup, makeup artist usually like a junior and then a trainee of course when the when the, mm. the job is quite big of course but again what is very important for me and this is what I say always when I start a movie and uh, if there is like a new element in the team of course so someone doesn't know actually the way I work but I always say to them you know we all have different kind of position but at the end of the day for me you're all at the same level so it's very important for me to have people working yeah. together um, as a team. It's so important. So I don't like to have mm-hmm. like big heads in the team. So if you're the key maker, doesn't mean you cannot help the trainee to do something yeah. and uh, vice versa. So we're in together. So uh, and myself as well, you know, I can be in my knees, you know, making some fit dirt with, you know, I, I don't mind. That's the way I do it. So that's very important for me. If I, you know, I quite like to have like a very strong and happy team working. So just in reference to that, actually, actually, could you just explain um, the difference between a key makeup artist and then a personal makeup artist? Well, usually a key uh, makeup artist is some, you're basically the right arm of of the designer. As I say, sometimes, not all the time, you look after the lead character. But of course, you're helping the designer with the budget, you know, uh, writing emails, going to meetings, organizing, you know, overall, all the, you know, all the team, you know, be sure, you know, keep an eye on everything, basically. And, you know, when you're like a person, you're just basically looking after one actor and that's it. Yeah. Now, you've been a personal, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been a personal for Ryan Reynolds, uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale and others as well. What does um, being a personal makeup art, makeup and hair artist involve? I have to say, I quite enjoy, I quite like it because it's quite nice to be so focused in one person. So that means, you know, you have the time and to just be focused and mm. make something basically look kind of perfect, you know what I mean? So it's lovely. It's very nice. And it's quite nice even, especially, you know, when you have like a good relationship with the artist you're working with, of course, because then you can talk about the look. It's, it's, it's a very nice way to work, I have to say. You know, because when you're, make a, when you're a designer, of course, you know, you... Mm. But you have so much going on and so much on your plate. Of course, yeah. you enjoy it. It's amazing. But it's, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? It's a different thing. You know, you just have to be worried about one actor, which is great. You know, you can really put all your effort, all your time for them to look great. So it's pretty amazing. It really is. And you mentioned so the relationship with the actor. How important is yeah. it? Because I guess, I, I'm not sure how it works, but I'm assuming you may have worked with them and then they've asked you on to, to be their personal on another movie they're then doing and then a subsequent movie. You know, I have to say, what's quite funny because every time it's been asked it wasn't something I'd seen coming if you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> it's just like I said oh, really you want me to be your person okay that's nice. <laughs> but it's not something I was looking for yeah you know what I mean it was something just came and uh, it was lovely to be asked because of course you feel your work is being appreciated and you're uh, being even like professionals, be appreciated. So it's it's a very nice feeling, it really is. So yes, I have to say, all most of the time happens to me was because I work with them on uh, like a movie, and then they ask me to do the next book with them. So oh. it was it, it's great. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a nice feeling, it really is. Yeah, I think I'm very lucky because every time I've been asked was from fantastic human beings. So you know oh. that make a bit different as well. Yeah. 
Definitely. Just because obviously you just mentioned that, say, for example, you're, you've become the personal for an actor and then they've gone on to another job and then there's an existing design, uh, hair, makeup, prosthetic yeah. department, and then you have gone into that situation. Is that sometimes where you've not worked with that designer, for example, before? How, how is that? Is that a little bit of a difficult situation um, to go into because you don't know how they operate? I think it, could, it can be awkward if you make it awkward if you know mm. what I mean because again every time I work as a as a person I've always been very lucky and blessed to work with amazing uh, makeup designer you know design mm. the movie and I think because of that I always felt very comfortable you know what I was doing and again I think it's always about your attitude you know if you prove the fact you know you're there and uh, you're there to help it's not like you're gonna stamp your feet saying <laughs> I'm the you know the person or whatever but you say, listen, I'm here looking after my artist, but if you need any help, I'm going to help. I don't mind. You know, yeah. if you need, you know, I'm here. It's, I think, again, it's, a, it's about acting. I've always been open to other people's opinion as well. You know, sometimes you can agree, sometimes you can disagree. But I think it's very important to, you know, show them that you're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. You also are a, a prosthetic designer. And that can, yeah. uh, we've had other, so we've had your friend Nick as yeah, well on a, back, yeah. Yeah, on a previous episode and she's spoken a bit more about the prosthetics aspect of it. Yeah. So we have sort of a context for that. She's on episode 10, people, by the way, if you haven't listened, go and listen mm. to episode. <laughs> now that, that can range from, say, a, a wound of some sort to then, I guess, also you yeah. say some sort of ageing that may have taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, from your experience, what has been the most challenging or complicated thing you've had to do? Okay, so from my experience was that Exactly the aging on uh, Christian Bale for Exodus, which was, you know, all the pieces were made and sculptured from uh, from Kana, which, you know, people working in the business know who I'm talking about. Okay. And uh, it was a challenge because we don't have very much time to do that because until then they weren't sure if they want him to have this look mm. because it was the, the very ending of the movie. So I think we did like a, like a test probably, I would say maybe a, a month before the movie was finished, was ending. Uh, so we did like a pre-makeup test. And then after that, we didn't actually, if they were going to go for this look. So, and then I think like maybe a few weeks before the end of the movie, they say, oh, no, actually we want that look. We would like him to look like that. And I have to say, it was quite interesting because I remember it was like, you know, we work all together with myself, uh, Connor and Rob, where they, you know, we're applying the piece. Uh, uh, Rob and Connor, sorry, are they prosthetic and makeup artists? Like yeah, yourself? they're prosthetic, yeah. And uh, and then, you know, I did the ball cap and I did all the colouring because I love, I mean, part of the things I love the most is the colouring the prosthetic piece. Is mm. I think is, is an amazing art. Um, you know, to give all the texture to the skin and, you know, the age spot. And uh, it really brings the, the pieces to life in a way. Mm. And something I really enjoy. And um, it was amazing. I mean, it was, uh, I have to say, I'm glad it was just for one day, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because I, it's, it's interesting. You know, when I was younger, I think I was more patient. I quite like to see things straight away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can really be painful to be honest with you. <laughs> But it's just like, you know, I don't have the patience. So it's like, you know, always like, and I quite like people to be fast. I mean, which doesn't mean less than they have to be fast and they have to be good, you know, which sometimes is not very <laughs> easy. But yeah, that was definitely uh, the most challenging thing because I say, I remember putting the, the, the book up by myself and then Rob and Connor uh, applying, you know, uh, this piece on his face and his hand. And then I did basically all the rest by myself, all the coloring, all the, you know, doing, you know, blending all the pieces. You know, it was quite a big job. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes like working when you do makeup, you gotta come in France somehow. Sometimes I think, oh my god, how much to do that? I did it, and I don't know how how I did it. It's so funny. Um, I mean, how long does something like that aging take? So that was in total, I think, uh, between you know prosthetic and air as well. Uh, it was like I would say four hours. Oh wow, four hours and all. And it was quite funny because uh, Christian Bale is amazing how he respects our craft and our uh, job. I remember saying to me, oh, you know, how long did you ask for, you know, for the this look? And I say to him, oh, you know, I asked for like, you know, two hours and a half. But, you know, of course, I was just talking about my side of the work. I, was, I wasn't like thinking of, you know, her stuff. And then he said to me, oh, my God, I think we should ask more. And it's quite funny because most of the time, actually, they don't want to spend that kind of the chair. But because he wants to look absolutely right and he didn't want anybody to be rushed reason he was more than happy to spend more time in the chair but be sure everyone was fine and having had the time to do the job so I say to him oh no no don't worry it's gonna be like yeah in total it's gonna be like you know four hours something because I didn't think about the hair but it was very interesting this kind of attitude and I have to say it looked fantastic it was was an amazing experience I mean it was one of those last movies with huge amount of crowd huge amount of was like a kind of old American movies Mm. you know what I mean like Cleopatra like you know like Ben Hur you know it was just like was and as to say you know like uh, Tina Henshaw who was you know the, the makeup designer she's you know she's amazing amazing she did an incredible job you know I mean look fantastic so yeah it was a very special experience it really was Aww. yeah I have to say uh, I love my job Aww. I guess you can say, yeah <laughs> you seem very passionate <laughs> Um, just in reference to that when you're doing like a big whether it be aging or it's a big wound or whatever like where the where the artist or actor is um in the chair for a a number of hours how obviously they may also I don't know if they can fall asleep or they go into their own zone or whatever how yeah yeah, how is that because I yeah um well I have to say all my experience usually fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) I now had the chatty one no, and I guess, I mean, of course not now because I'm the year podcast, but I'm not a very chatty person when I work, you know, just like i quite in the zone um, about what I'm doing. But again, I guess because it was so bloody early in the morning, yeah. <laughs> bless them, they just, I mean, and this I think is one of my techniques, usually what I do. I kind of surround the makeup chair with cushion uh-huh. so it's gonna be super comfy <laughs> and I know they're gonna fall asleep so it's gonna make my life easier um, but again it's, it's very nice because it's um when they fall asleep you even feel the fact they trust you 100% you know yes. so it's, it's, it's a nice feeling that you know they they do relax because they know you they know you know what you're doing I guess it's the I think it's, it's different of course when you do like the test you know mm. the test of course they are you know they, they, you know they want to be part of the process is fair enough and it's quite nice and I think it's very important to be sure that your artist is comfortable with what is wearing as a makeup that's why I always need to know what they think and what they're for about their look you know I always say to them for me it's super important that you're comfortable with what I'm yeah. doing because at the end of the day you know it's your face on the screen and you have to act in this look so we work together you know yeah so I'm just gonna circle back to your beginnings and ask how did you get into this world so I was um, born in, uh, in in Sardinia Sardinia but raised in Rome and on my mom 
side of the family, I have to say, they they all been working in this business. Oh. You know, I, I think I'm like the fifth or the fourth generation of people working in this crazy business. Amazing. Well, because my great grandmother, she was like a, a theater actress. Uh, my granddad was a director. My mom was a costume designer. So, oh, wow. but funny enough, because I've been brought up in this business until I was like in my late, you know, when I was like a teenager, actually, sorry. I really wasn't into it. You know what I mean? I found it was like, oh God, it was so obvious and so boring. <laughs> thinking, oh God, you know, they wake up so early in the morning, what's wrong with them? And <laughs> it's just about, I, I, I don't know, I found it was very superficial. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it's so funny to think about it now. So anyway, because I always loved art, I attended art school, very lucky because it was a really good one. And which means, you know, I know how to paint. Most importantly, I know how to sculpture, mm. how to sculpture. So this was something that really helped me for prosthetic. Mm. And then when I finished art school, I decided to attend the university and try to become like an, an architect because I used to love, well, I still love architects. And I did like a few years. I started off very well, thinking, oh my God, this guy made my career. That's so cool. I'm going to have like a studio. I'm going to have like normal life, like a normal routine, not like this crazy family I got <laughs> on my mom's side. And then after two years, I start to panic. I say, oh my God, I'm not sure this actually is what I'm oh. going to do. And I have to say, I'm very close to my brother. My oldest brother, he's a, a first ID now, mm-hmm. uh, but at the time he was like a second. And I said to him, oh my God, I mean, to be honest, I don't know what I do. Especially after I said that this business was shit, basically. <laughs> How I can, you know, go back to my oh. Anyway, so my brother said to me, listen, uh, he was working this uh, Giuseppe Tornatore movie which was called The Legend of 900. And it was about this um, pianist working on cruises in the 20s. So it was kind of a Titanic kind of mood. I mean, it's a beautiful movie, I have to say. Really nice. And he said to me, oh, why you don't come and have a look? Because he knew I was always very much into prosthetics. But, you know, like every kid is. It's not like I I was something I wanted to have a job. It's like, you know, something I thought was very cool. That's it. And he said to me, well, you don't come over because, you know, the makeup designer, uh, Luigi Rocchetti, is doing some very cool stuff. You know, he's aging an actor, you know, the big bulk. I mean, it's quite cool to watch. And I say, oh, God, you know, this is so pathetic of me, you know, me going with my oldest brother to, <laughs> I don't know, I was very shy as well. Anyway, so he, after like a week of talking about, I said, okay, I'm coming. Just even to shut him, shut him <laughs> out, so, you know, so it's going to stop with this silliness. So I remember him saying to me, oh, you know, but we have to wake up very early. You know, we have to leave the house like uh, for a couple of And I said, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? Anyway, I said, okay, I'm coming. So we went to Cinecittà, which is this beautiful studios in Rome, you know, amazing place with a lot of history going on there. So my brother introduced me to the team. And I remember like, you know, be like in a corner by your quiet and looking what's going on, you know. You know, it was very silent there and... Um, they were all very focused to do what they're doing. And uh, suddenly I started to think to myself, oh my God, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, he was so good at what he was doing. Him and, uh, you know, the, her designer was uh, Aldo Signoretti. You know, he did like Moulin Rouge, oh, wow. he did Apocalypto. I mean, we're talking about like the best yeah. of the best. So I was looking at these two incredible 
uh, designer doing somehow some magic in front of my oh. eyes, you know, transforming people in older people in, in such an amazing way. I was thinking, I want to be like them, you know, I really want to be mm. like them. I want to be so good and I want to do that. So anyway, so after this kind of, I was watching what they were doing. I said to my brother, I said, listen, uh, I really would like, you know, to watch a game, you know. So my brother said, you know what, I can ask if they can take you as an intern. Because at that time, they even the position as a trainee or mm. didn't exist, which means as an intern, that means I was going there every morning and um, helping them, you know, like, you know, cleaning brushes, checking setbacks, cleaning, you know, table. It was more about, you know, looking yeah. after them. And I did that for like, I think the movie was quite long. I think it was like four months, something like that. Funny enough, we, with me, we had like another like three interns, something like that. And it was quite interesting because they were more, I mean, they went to like makeup school. Mm. They know that was what they wanted to do. I think they were even a bit older than me. I think they were a bit more chatty than me, more like confident yeah. than me, if you know what I mean. So I always thought to myself, oh my God, I mean, there's no way I'm going to survive to that. <laughs> I think this is going to be my last experience, first and last one. Um, even because I was very, you know, very shy, very quiet. I was just doing my job. And uh, most of the time I was just looking what they were mm. doing because I was so fascinated from that. Um, so at the end of the movie, I remember um, the makeup designer, Luigi, he called me. And he said to me, oh, you know, I would like to see you for lunch tomorrow. Do you? you know can you come you know over and have lunch together I would like to talk to you and I, yes of course and in my head I start thinking straight oh. away okay you know there is a way to say to me you know Yana thank you very much you've been very sweet that was you know it was lovely to have you around but you know <laughs> <laughs> so I remember going to this kind of lunch meeting thinking oh god it's gonna be so embarrassing anyway so he said to me oh you know listen I'm going to start like a job in a few months and I would like you to be part of the team as a, oh. an assistant and I thought to myself and they're gonna pay me as well I mean I don't know what I'm <laughs> doing they pay me <laughs> so I said of course yes yes yes, yes. I remember, you know, leaving the restaurant. I mean, I think I play quite cool at <laughs> the moment. But when I left the restaurant, I was just like jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah, and then I worked with this lovely, lovely man for like, I was like 10 years. So I did, you know, like I was his assistant, then I was his um, makeup artist, then eventually I became his key makeup artist. And I learned so much. Mm. Most of the things I know is because of him. Uh, because he, he, he what? Well, He's still amazing and he's very good at what he does. Again, because at the time we, in Italy, we have this kind of idea of having like a different, a separate team for prosthetic. He knew how to do it all. So I learned how to, you know, do piecing for him, how to run molds, how to, so it was a, an amazing, amazing uh, experience yeah. for me. Yeah, how to put like a bull cap. I mean, I learned everything yeah. from him, everything. So um, I was very lucky, super lucky. You know, I think it's quite important if you get, if you get to work with the right people straight away, you know, it's a, it's a massive thing, really is. And then um, you moved to England, didn't you? Yes. Well, what I didn't say was basically this uh, Luigi Rocchetti. Another reason why I was very uh, lucky to work with him was because he didn't work that much in Italy. He had a 
quite a lot of uh, international uh, connection. Mm. So with a lot of American movie around the world. Oh, wow. So and because of him, of course, I learned to work in a kind of international way. You know what I mean? Like so I knew how to work, how like English people used to work and how American people used to work. And then of course I improved my English as well. So that's why but basically in one of those movie, international movie, I met my husband basically. So yeah, but it, as I say, it was interesting because it um, was already working internationally before moving to London. Yeah, so it was a bit easier for me, is what I'm saying. You know, I did have to start from scratch. So it was, you know, again, I was very lucky at that. Yeah, so I moved to London. Yes. Again, talking about, you know, faith, connection and whatever. When I was very young and I was still in, in Rome, I did like a few days as a daily on uh, the talent of Mr. Ripley. Oh. And the makeup design was Tina Hershey. So Tina, she's incredible. I have to say that, you know, she's she's amazing because she's she goes on amazing days and she's an incredible human being. And she's very generous with the people that work mm. with her, for her. Um, so I remember I was working on the crowd and I remember her, you know, walking around. And again, I think I was like 22 or something like that. And uh, and I was doing this kind of was like doing this kind of kind of beautiful makeup with like an eyeliner. And I remember her stopping next to my chair. It was like, oh my god, oh my god, like my was starting shaking. And she said to me, Oh my god, it's such a lovely highliner. Really, I think she's really talking to me anyway. And then they asked me if I want to do the the job in the in the crowd for the rest of the movie, but I couldn't because I was ready booked with Luigi Buddhist to do mm. something else. But what I'm saying here is that funny enough, then I moved to London and I got this phone call out of the blue from Tina Hampshire after like, I would say, you know, 15 years saying that she, well, she used to work in America for a very long time. And then she decided eventually to move back to the UK. But because of that, of course, the team she used to use when she was in the UK, they kind of moved up, of course, you know, they became like a designer. So she needed to build a new yeah. team and she said to me you know, I remember you I know you moved to London and uh, I would like to know if you would like you know to join me in my team on Prometheus as a makeup artist and I remember because I was I think I was my daughter she was just probably healed so I was just a brand new yeah. mom and I remember saying to her oh no I can't <laughs> and she said what do you mean you can't I mean, can you believe, like, you know, Tina Hershaw offers that incredible opportunity. <laughs> and she said to me, she said to me, are you sure? I say, oh, you know, but, you know, my daughter, you know, she's, uh, she's little. And at the time, I didn't have my drive license as well. And I said to her, you know, I don't have a car, so that will be complicated. And I remember her saying, you know, but, you know, think about it. I think, you know, I'm pretty sure we can make this work out. And, um, and I, she called me the day after and asked me again. And she was so clever because, you know, she put me in the situation where actually I couldn't do it <laughs> because she said to me, you know, don't worry, you know, if you need to leave, you know, work a little bit early some days because of your daughter, we can do that. Yeah. You know, fair enough. I wasn't a key maker. I was just a makeup artist. So, you know, I wasn't looking up to like main character. So anyway, so I worked with her and I did permitted with her, which was amazing. And uh, yeah, and then I didn't stop working for her since five years. Something like that. So I've been very lucky with the people I met. You know, in my life. Yeah. 
No, that is um, it's a really interesting story. And also, actually, a question I was going to ask you earlier is um, <clears throat> when you're in in your job as a makeup and prosthetic designer, obviously there's um, other heads of departments. So whether it be costume, um, the cinematographer, or the director, photography, the director, um, you, ha- what is the collaborative <laughs> aspect of your job as well? With I always say, you know, when we make a movie, we make a movie all together. Mm-hmm. So I always try to try to work very closely to the costume designer and to the DOP as well, because is the look is going to be all together. So yes, I mean, usually when I start a movie, the first things I do is uh, talk to costume designer and DOP, mm. try to figure out, you know, what is the idea. And uh, again, try to work together, you know, because there is no point if you do a beautiful makeup or hair, but doesn't actually fit with the costume. Yeah. I mean, the other way around as well. And lighting is so important, you know. Really important. That's why I think camera tests they are crucial, especially with lighting. Yeah. Because then you can readjust what you think you should readjust about, you know, texture, color, or or even like proportion. And because depending on which kind of lens they use, you know, and it's, it's it's interesting. I think again, when you work together, you know, beautiful film happens. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And um. You know, when, for example, when you're having a camera test in those situations on a on a job, and then you've done yeah. your um, makeup and the hair is done to however you de- it's been to, whether you designed it or the uh, job that you're on and the designers designed it, and then in that situation yeah. when they're in that test and they've done the lighting and the le- they've told you what lenses they've used and stuff, and it isn't how you envisaged, uh, not subtle changes and small changes, but maybe something quite drastic. Yeah. They've it ch- drastically changes the look of what you've done. In those situations, how do you balance your artistic vision of how you think it should mm-hmm. look compared to then this, I guess, in that situation, the, the director of photography's and the director's vision of how it should be lit and how it should be filmed? Because I have to say, lucky enough, I never found myself mm. in that kind of situation, to be honest with you. I guess because I quite like to arrive to this kind of camera test very preferred. Mm. So I always do like pre-meetings a lot and I talk a lot and I do pre-tests. Usually what I do, I even kind of film my test okay. uh, to show to the DOP, to, you know, to make him understand what I'm going yeah. for. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's kind of easier when actually you have to light to don't clash, totally clash. So I've never found myself in that kind of situation. Again, I think it's about talk to each mm. other. You know, I have to say, I'm not a kind of person stamp and stick. Uh, if something doesn't really work or it doesn't work the way I thought, I think I'm, I'm very open yeah. for the idea, for the suggestion. So I think it's about found the way where, as I say, I'm still keeping my taste and my mood about it but I can definitely change it you know I remember when it was like we're doing like um, a makeup test for like one of so this actor had like several different look and in my head because I have to say even if I don't do like I don't ask call myself her designer but usually I have an overlook there as well so in my head uh, her this supposed to look some in, in certain way and uh and the, and the hair person was working with me, was going, oh, you know, but maybe we should do even that. And I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure about it. I said, I don't know why I'm not sure about it. And then this guy said to me, oh, you know, maybe you can do like a test so I can show you. And he showed me. And he was absolutely right. I was wrong. So, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's amazing how I think if you're open to other opinions, suggestions, they can really bring on the table great things because what you showed me was absolutely amazing. I think, as I say, when you work together, beautiful things happen and it's amazing how much things they can improve and better. Yeah. 
definitely. I I think that's very, um, very true. So that brings me on to my final question, which is what are your favorite recommendations? So again, uh, these three movies I choose, they're not necessarily about makeup. I mean, the maker is amazing, mm. but it's, uh, it's overall, you know, it's like all together. Yeah. So the first one is Once Other Time in, in America, for mm. sure. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, Sergio Leone is just, is a masterpiece. And, you know, the story, but to see even there, makeup, hair, costume is, is just a joy to look at, you know, it's, amazing and again you know you have to think at the time we didn't have the they didn't have the tools we have now so the materials mm. the technique and uh it looked pretty much amazing I have to mm. say. <clears throat> and then of course apocalypto because i think is all about makeup all about hair <laughs> and it's incredible and i was very lucky to be part of it when i was younger so it was even like personally it was an incredible experience oh. for me. So, you know, bring back a lot of memory of working with incredible Italians, makeup artists, hairdresser, which, you know, they really know their yeah. shit. <laughs> and, you know, it was pretty, pretty intense and pretty beautiful experience. And the other one is uh, In the Mood of Love, which I think is just a perfect movie. <laughs> I mean, oh. I have to say, you know, the lighting, the costume, the makeup, the hair, the story, it just is so, so beautiful. But again, you know, I can, you know, can go on and on and on and on. For sure, I think something very important to watch that like all the, um, like, you know, Zephyrellius movie, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the, uh, talking about, again, about makeup, hair, look, they're incredible. So yes, I mean I couldn't I couldn't stop. I mean there are so many movies I love. I mean, <laughs> it's it's very hard. But again, it's interesting because I think when you watch watch a movie, such a beautiful movie, the story, the acting, I have to, I have to say sometimes I'm not really looking at makeup mm. and hair, which means you know it's a good yeah. movie. Do you yeah. know what I mean I'm not really fussed about it. And again, something I think is very important to say. Um, uh, you know, I think it's very easy sometimes to criticize, criticize other people's mm-hmm. jobs. You know, I mean, when you watch like a movie, say, oh, you know, I don't say what they have like this or they make it like this. And I think it's very important to put yourself in other people's shoes, especially when you know what probably they went through, because sometimes they don't give you the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, you know, they just rush you around. And sometimes you're, you're not able to fix what you want to fix. So I think we have to be all more gentle to other people about their jobs. So this is something I think was very important to say. <laughs> it's very, it's very easy to judge. You know, it's very easy to judge. And you know, it's different if you say, you know, I uh, dislike something because it's not actually my taste. Yeah. You know, that I understand. You know, it's not something that's in my taste. But sometimes, you know, when you see something doesn't exactly work technically, you know, try to be a bit more understandable. I think that's very true. It's a very astute point because, like you say, you don't know the circumstance of the situation. Thank you for your recommendations and thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been really interesting. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Yana. Tune into the next episode where I'll be speaking to costume supervisor Dan Grace. And if you get a moment, could you please like, follow or subscribe on your podcast platform and follow the Crew Chats podcast on Instagram. Thank you.